I was having really dark thoughts and I was like, you know what, this isn't me. And what's been getting me through this thing all this while is my positive thinking, is my frame of mind, my strength of my strength of mind. And this thing's starting to chip away at me. So I'm doubting myself, is it me? Is it the medication? And I did come to understand that it was the medication. And I'm like, you know what? I would rather live with my neuropathic pain than have anything that is gonna impact my way of thinking. Hey, girlfriend. Welcome back to the Curl Squad's Curl Power Podcast with me, your host, Zoe Fox. This is the podcast where we talk about overcoming trials and tribulations, rising up through trauma, living our best life, creating the things that we wish existed for our people, and basically becoming the representation that we needed, despite not ever really having it. So things are going to hopefully look very different for the generations to come. This show is all about empowering women, finding the strength within us, even when the days feel at their darkest. So I'm really excited because I've actually just discovered that the podcast has been listened to in over 20 odd countries now. So shout out to all our listeners internationally. We've got listeners in the UK, the US, Belgium, India, Spain, Malaysia, Sweden, Switzerland, Australia, Canada, Ireland, Israel, Brazil, Denmark, South Africa, Zambia, UAE, Norway, France and Austria. That's amazing really considering I'm just speaking to you from a little cupboard in W10 London. (laughs) I'd like to shout out Hayley G, so big shout out to Hayley G. She was listening to the episode from her living room. She sent me a little selfie. It was so cool to see. So if you can send me a selfie of you listening to the podcast, wherever you're listening from, I would love to see it. So you can just tag us on the socials at The Curl Squad or you can slide it into my DMs at The Curl Squad on Instagram or my personal Instagram is zoe.e.fox. Follow us while you're at it. And a big shout out to Hardeep as well, who's been in touch to let me know she's been listening. I truly appreciate having you guys tuning in. And you know what? The listenership is really starting to grow. So I just want to say a personal thank you to you if you have shared the podcast, if you've told a friend about the podcast, or just if you've been a loyal listener to the show. It means a lot to me. So in the last episode, I spoke about my new mom burnout about going too hard too soon after having my baby and just ending up as a big panicked mess at the end of the year, which then slowly led into my spinal cord injury, which happened at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. So in this episode, I am going to be reflecting on my life a year after coming out of rehab. And I'm going to let you know a little bit about where I'm at, where I'm heading and what I've come to learn. Friday the 13th was Spinal Cord Injury Awareness Day and it also marks like a year since I was admitted for my rehab. It took me 13 months to get into rehab after my injury. I was basically left to deal with the consequences of sustaining a spinal cord injury in a global pandemic all by myself because all of the medical services got locked down, didn't they, because of COVID. So I was left to come to terms with a life-changing injury all by myself. 
which is absolutely crazy. And now I think back, I'm just like, wow, that was so raw. Being kicked out of hospital, sent home, barely able to walk. My bladder wasn't working. My bowels weren't working. Like I couldn't feel still massive parts of, of my body below the waist and no explanation for it. It was shocking. The aftercare was absolutely shocking. So I've really had to fight tooth and nail to get any last little bit of help. And when you're adjusting physically to such a life-changing injury, the last thing you want to have to do is fight for support. You're just trying to hold it all together. Do you know what I mean? You're trying to adjust to the shock of everything that's happened and trying to figure out how to use this new damaged body. And it's funny, what's mad to me is that when I was in for my emergency surgery, I was like, this is crazy because it's exactly a year to the day, like a year prior, I was in emergency surgery to give birth to my daughter, as I mentioned in the episode about my traumatic birth. I can drop links in the show notes if you haven't heard these episodes before. So yeah, what are the chances a year later, ending up in emergency surgery again? Just insane. Yeah, man, my poor body's been through it. My poor body has been through it. But those are two major life-changing events, life-changing injury and giving birth, two events which I believe have really changed me on a cellular level. And what I actually really enjoy about where I'm at now is like, I'm just not feeling the fear and the anxiety that I used to feel before. I was having a good chat with my bro yesterday and we were just reflecting over the things that I've done and the things that I've achieved and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I, I wasn't giving myself enough credit beforehand because I was so anxious about everything. And then there's the old imposter syndrome thing. I think I'm going to have to do another episode all about that as well. But I just never quite believed in myself, even though I'm doing the work, I'm doing the stuff, you know, I'm building a business, I'm growing an award winning business and presenting solutions to directors of, of groups in white, middle-class, corporate Britain. Little old me, but I was so anxiety-filled that I didn't really give myself the credit. But what I love about where I'm at now is there's this fearlessness now. It's like I don't feel any way about just pushing forward and going for it. Because I think when you face death, like I did in labour, and when you face paralysis, <laughs> like I did with my spinal cord injury... Those are two of the worst possible scenarios for me that I could ever have imagined. And they happened and I survived and I'm still smiling. And in fact, I'm better now than I ever was before. So every cloud kind of has a silver lining. It's certainly given me a newfound appreciation for life in a sense that nothing ventured, nothing gained. How do we know what's possible? unless we're willing to dip our toe in the water and see how it feels. And I know that I'm not going to be the only person out there who has been hindered in life by anxiety, by a lack of confidence, by a lack of self-belief. But I want you to know that it's your time now to start pushing the confines of your comfort zone and seeing what lives beyond it. It does take a lot of work, but I think that once you do that, you begin to realise, you know what, it's not that bad. It doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean it's not challenging to have to manage, but our thoughts can become really dominating. 
And our thoughts are just that, they're thoughts. Our thoughts are not us. And the sooner that we can begin to see the separation between those voices in our heads and like who we are as as beings, as divine beings, you realise that it's your thoughts that are limiting you. It's not you that is limited. One year after going into rehab, I definitely have come to understand and come to realise that this is a really long and slow process. Like when I saw my consultant the other day, he's talking about like a five year healing. It starts off at two and then now it's five. So I'm just like, I'm not going to be lying down and waiting for this thing to go away. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep seeing what's possible regardless. I mean, it is difficult because you are dealing with things that go on in your body that make existing quite challenging. She says as she goes to yawn, Excuse me, one of the biggest challenges I face on a day-to-day is fatigue. Oh my gosh, and another challenge with that is that people can't see it, and it's not just, oh, I'm feeling a bit tired. It's not tiredness. For me, my fatigue breaks down my thought process. It breaks down my ability to string a sentence together at times. Like As the day goes on and I get more fatigued, I find it really hard to communicate. It's like being sort of like locked inside my own body, like I've got thought processes going on, but I'm not able to communicate them. And that layered with pain, I think actually in many in many respects, the fatigue is more difficult because it really does stop me from doing anything, making any progress. When the fatigue hits, I've got no choice but to surrender to it. With the pain, as difficult as it is, and it is because it is literally non-stop. Like when I say non-stop, that's not even an exaggeration. There's never a point of time where I'm not in pain. My feet and the bottom part of my legs, it's like they're permanently on fire. I've got permanent pins and needles. Um, there's like pulsing. My toes move on their own. Like I get random muscle movements. So if you look at my feet, you can see muscles moving all by themselves. That stuff is relentless. But the pain, I can still sort of choose to take on an activity to help to distract me from the pain in many respects, which is another reason why I feel like I'm just so motivated and driven and just taking continual action is because I don't want to sit and dwell where the pain lives. Do you know what I mean? Because if I'm not doing anything and I'm just sort of like sitting around, it's really easy to then get sucked in to the drain that pain is. But that said, trying to ignore pain and trying to carry on, it's tiring because you do have to use an extra set of, I don't know, energy basically to sort of distract you from the pain and to keep your eye on a task. So everything does take so much more energy. And then there's the bladder stuff. So it's bladder urgency, um, stress incontinence, all the glamorous stuff. It's that constantly feeling as though I need to do a wee I could literally go to the toilet do a wee and then come out and then my brain's telling me you need to go and do a wee again so I'll go to the toilet but then there's nothing there because I've just done a wee but it's just my bladder is constantly like spasming which is really annoying (laughs) especially at bedtime 
because I'll go, I'll go to the loo before bed, then I'll get into bed, and then I'm in bed, I'm like, you need a wee, you need a wee, and I'm like, no, you don't need a wee, you've just been to, I'll just go and do a wee, and then I go, and then there's nothing there, and that's really tedious. Bowel care, that's another thing, it's like the less than glamorous things that you have to deal with. Spinal cord injury just generally means that you end up spending a lot more time in the toilet, let's put it that way. And there are various medications and things like that that you can take to help manage your condition. But a lot of those are not without their own side effects. So for me, a non-negotiable medication is my bowel care stuff. I have to do that. Otherwise, I'll be full of SHIT. I mean, many people would probably say I'm full of that anyway. (laughs) But yeah, I have to have my bowel care medication because that messes me right up. Then there's the bladder medication, which I was put on recently. As soon as I started taking it, it was like I was peeing fire. I had to go and do a test to make sure I didn't have a UTI because those are things that are really common as well with spinal cord injury. Because of the neurogenic bladder, doesn't always empty fully. So you've got to sort of make sure that you haven't got a UTI first. So I went to the doctors, got checked for that. Great, no UTI. Ah, So that means that the medication that my urology consultant has just put me on It's just basically making things worse. So I've been going through this consistent cycle of taking medication and ending up having the worst possible side effects. So the worst one actually that I was taking was for my neuropathic pain. But the thing is, because it it is neuropathic pain, a lot of the medications seem to impact um, thoughts and brain stuff because they work along these neuro pathways now I'm not a doctor so I'm not trying to give any sort of advice or talk about anyone else's medication I'm just kind of sharing my experience so this particular medication that I was taking I started noticing last year that I was feeling really low I was having really dark thoughts and I was like you know what this isn't me and what's been getting me through this thing all this while is my positive thinking is my frame of mind my strength of my strength of mind and this thing's starting to chip away at me so I'm doubting myself is it me is it the medication and I did come to understand that it was the medication and I'm like you know what I would rather live with my neuropathic pain than have anything that is going to impact my way of thinking because I absolutely rely on my clean clear mindset to keep me ticking through every day So not all medication is just this pop appeal and it it saves the day. I'm a year on now from being put on some of these things in rehab and I'm still trying to find out what works, what doesn't, what's good for me, what I'm prepared to tolerate and what I'm not prepared to tolerate. So I had to wean myself off the uh, pain medication and after I did I was like right okay starting to feel more human again which is good because now I feel like I'm back on track. I've been back on track for a little while now. So now I'm dealing with the realities of trying to basically reimagine my whole life and rebuild my business and just rebuild all that all that I am, essentially, post-injury. Because before injury, even though I was self-employed, um, I was building the business, uh, Digital Group Media, with my brother and the business partner, Danny so I was working with a team and it's like now I'm very much solo and I'm realizing 
my limitations and how that impacts on my ability to be able to make progress at the speed that I would like to. So what I'm going through now is a process of reviewing all of my knowledge, my skills, my achievements and thinking about how I can use what I know to help to serve others. Because this is the next thing for me. It's like, I know what it's like to be stuck. I know what it's like to struggle with anxiety and depression. I know what it's like to be working in a job that is not fulfilling. I know what it's like to build a business from the ground up. I know what it's like to create digital marketing campaigns. I know what it's like to solve problems. I've been doing it for years and I really want to be able to share that knowledge with other people now. And I haven't always valued my knowledge. I haven't always valued what I know. Again, it's this imposter syndrome stuff, isn't it? It's hard to look at yourself sometimes and see, wow, you know what? You've actually done bits. And because I've never really been very good at communicating. And nowadays we live in this world, don't we, where if it's not all over Instagram and if you're not telling people that you're doing it, then it's like it never happened. So I'm going through this stage now of really stepping into my own power, really coming to terms with accepting that I have a lot to offer. Because another thing is, which I mentioned in one of my previous episodes about growing up mixed race, was this notion and this idea of you think you're too nice, which is something actually uh, one of our former guests, Annika Spaulding, she brought up on her Instagram the other day. And it just sort of re-triggered the thought process. Being told time and time again when I was a young teenager that I think that I'm too nice really had me playing small for way longer than it should have done. I internalised that and then did everything that I needed to to make sure that I didn't think I was too nice, you know, that my ego was kept in check, that I didn't believe in myself, my power, my beauty, my ability, my capability, because it made other people feel uncomfortable. But you know what? That is their problem to deal with. And what a sad thing it is where we live in a world where if somebody is self-confident, then people are, people like to put people back down into their place. But really, we should be celebrating people's confidence as long as it's not hurting anybody else. But really, when you think about it, the people that are the ones that are saying, oh, you know, you think you're nice, you think you're special, you think you're good, it says a lot more about them than it does about us. So I am rebuking this now. And it's sad, really, isn't it, that I'm like, I'm 39 this year. And I'm still shaking off this stuff that happened at school. So I'm trying to learn to share what I'm doing with people, trying to be more visible instead of keeping myself hidden. Because what can you achieve if you keep yourself hidden? Who can you help if you keep yourself hidden? I've got this real deep desire to want to see other women level up, raise up, you know, come forward despite the patriarchy and the misogyny and the racism and everything else that keeps us back as women, as uh, women of colour, ableism for disabled women, you know, all of this sort of stuff that we've got to come up against. Because I'm definitely at a point of my life now where I'm like, no, 
you know what, sod this, sod the patriarchy, sod racism, sod ableism, no one can't tell me nothing, I'm going forward, this is how I'm doing it, this is what I know, this is what I've learned, friends, listen, if this knowledge is beneficial to you, come let's go, plus I'm raising a daughter, I have to be the example to her to show her that there are no limits, so yeah, it means getting uncomfortable, it means getting visible, it means sharing the journey, even though sometimes in my own head I'm like, cringe. But you know what? Sod it. And there will be people that roll their eyes, but you know what? Let them roll their eyes. Because while they're rolling their eyes after me or you, what are they doing for their own lives? Don't worry about the eye rollers. Don't worry about the naysayers. They're too busy moaning because they're trying to deflect from the inner work that they need to do. So don't let that stop you from being the greatest that you can be. And I'm saying this to myself as well, because it's like, you know, we've been raised to 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 believe that women, we need to keep in our place. We need to stay humble. We shouldn't be too seen. We shouldn't be too um, loud and bright. So we've got a lot of this internalized stuff that we have to come up against. And as working class women as well, many of us are going to be out here right now trying to break generational cycles of being kept small, of a lack of financial knowledge and understanding, of a lack of knowledge around business. And I just don't want there to be any obstacles for anybody else because we deserve to hold space, to take up space as much as any random old white middle-class man. Do you think that they have more to offer than we do? No, they don't. They've just had a head start. Because white men have been bossing the game for a long time now. And women have only been given a chance later than that because we're expected to stay home and keep the house tidy and look after the children and not have any goals or ambitions. But it's 2022. Okay, it's not the 1800s. So, men, you better fall back. (laughs) And when I speak about men, I love men. I am from a family full of amazing men. I know a lot of amazing guys. What I'm talking about is the structures here. So, sisters, we've got a lot of unpicking to do because we've been conditioned from day one that, you know, we need to behave in a certain way or we can only aspire to certain things because we're women. And again, deepening that because we're women of colour. And again, deepening that if you're a woman of colour with a disability. So one thing that I really would love for you all to do, and I find so much power in doing this, and it's something that I did with my coach, shout out Man Like Crust, and it's visualisation work. And it is so powerful to be able to like take the time to visualise yourself in such an unlimited way it's like don't worry about you know how you're going to get there just visualize what your dream life looks like allow yourself that privilege because if you don't even comprehend it in your mind's eye it's never going to become a reality is it because if you can't see it then you can't be it but if you can start to create a vision in your head of what you really desire for life for yourself then your brain starts to figure out ways that it can support that. Like I floated along for so many years, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I'm like, I'm doing stuff, I'm doing stuff. But I'm like, 
I'm just lacking that true passion, which I've now found. And a lot of that is doing this deep visualization work, doing the deep work to really get to know myself, to really challenge some of these ideas of these limiting beliefs that I had inside. So many of them are unconscious and I've slowly become aware of them. And it's when you notice the resistance, you know, if there's something that you're passionate about that you do that you enjoy and you want to start treating that as a business or, or turning it into a business, but you don't know how or you've got some doubts inside, you're able to notice the resistance or the voice that starts talking you out of doing things. Once you can become conscious of that voice, you can really start to challenge it. Now, what I do is I see it as a mission I see it as a mission to find the resistance. I'm like a bull now. I literally go running around, charging into the resistance. And I'm like, oh, it's you that's trying to keep me stuck at this level, is it? Let me just barge you out the way. It's that actively seeking for the things that are holding you back. If you notice your headspace, if you can try to become more conscious and aware of your thoughts and your feelings, then you're able to rationalise them, tackle them, move beyond those ideas that are keeping you stuck. Doing the deep self-work is the greatest gift you can give yourself. And sis, you deserve it. You deserve to discover what is possible for you. You deserve to be allowed to dream, to visualise, to think what could be possible for you. What could be possible in your wildest dreams. Allow yourself to go there. In fact, here's what we're going to do. We are going to do a little visualisation. I'm not going to do it right now, but I'm going to give you some pointers of what you can do. So allow yourself to visualise yourself five years from now in your wildest possible dreams, right? Allow yourself to go crazy. Why not? Now you're going to allow yourself to visualise what your ultimate life looks like five years from now. And then when you finish doing that exercise, allow yourself to stay there 20 minutes, whatever, 10 minutes. Allow yourself to just really indulge in that. Who's around you? What can you smell? What are you wearing? How are you walking five years in the future when you're living your ultimate life? What does your house look like? What perfume are you wearing? What's your hair looking like? You know, where are you shopping for your clothes? Who are you serving? What are you doing? Just take it there. And then when you finish, when you've come back down to earth, after doing that beautiful little visualisation, have a look at what you saw. Make some notes. And then when you're reviewing the notes, notice what your resistance is. You might hear little voices inside like, oh, no, I, can't, I couldn't do that. Or, oh, no, that's not me, is it? That's not for me. This is the self-limiting talk that you need to become aware of. It's these little voices in your head that are trying to keep you small and it's not your voice, it's the voices of society over generations and generations that have been trying to keep us where we are. But it's time for us to release ourselves from these shackles because it's our time to shine. I've said it before on another episode, but the world, the planet, it needs more divine feminine energy because we're really out of balance at the moment with a lot of this heavy masculine energy and we just need to raise the vibration a bit with some of our feminine touch so women sisters the more empowered we are 
the more empowered the planet is going to be, the more empowered our children are going to be. You know, you, we can be waking up feeling passionate, feeling joyful, and we deserve it. We absolutely deserve it. In my attempt to become more visible and to, because, you know, we do have to let people know that we're about, if we want to affect a change, I can talk away in this room doing this podcast, but I'm let, unless I'm letting people know that this is what I'm doing, how are people going to know? I'm not going to be able to make any change unless I start to get more visible. So in my attempt of getting outside my comfort zone that little bit more, I wrote an article on LinkedIn um, and I was just basically sharing the story of my spinal cord injury with it being spinal cord injury day and a year since me going into rehab. And I highlighted four key things that my spinal cord injury has taught me. So the first one being, just take the first step. Because taking that one step can move you closer to reaching your goals. And often we need that momentum to get us going. And the best way to get momentum is just to take that first step. So for me, this relates back to when I came out of hospital, barely able to walk, mind you, had to get back into my flat, which was 47 stairs up. I hadn't counted them up until that point, but when you can barely walk and you've got to climb this mountain, 47 steps to my flat, all I could do is take one step at a time. And that became a little bit of an internal mantra for me. Just take one step, just take one step. So every day I'm just trying to take one step forward because if you take just one step, you're making progress. Now, the next thing that it taught me is slow progress is progress. Overnight success, it's a myth. It never happens. You know, it usually takes lots of work over periods of time consistently to see a change. I barely notice the progress that I've made because it's been so slow and incremental. When I first came out of hospital, I could barely walk, but I went swimming for the first time on Friday. So it's just been a matter of taking consistent small steps, small bits of action to get me to a point where I'm actually strong enough to be able to go swimming. So you might not see the progress as you're taking these small incremental steps. But if you look back at your life a year from now and you've been consistently taking action, it's guaranteed just by the very laws of the universe that you are going to be in a different place to where you are now. If you don't take any action, then you can't expect yourself to be anywhere different. Another key lesson I learned from my spinal cord injury is that your most difficult moments can teach you your greatest lessons. Now, I have become a little bit of a pro. I mean, if you're familiar with with my story through the podcast, you'll know I've had one or two adversities. And with each one of those, even though at the time it's like my world is ending, this is like the worst possible thing that could ever happen there comes a point where you're able to reflect back and realise some huge lessons can come from your darkest days. So if you're going through a season at the moment and it feels miserable and it doesn't feel good, I would say just try and find the lessons in it because usually when you're in a situation that doesn't feel good, there's something inside you that needs to change, a perspective that needs altering there's some internal work that you need to do and I know stuff happens that's highly unpleasant I do understand I understand that you know if you lose someone you love you're like how can I learn a lesson from that but 
when I lost my boyfriend very suddenly when I was 18. That taught me so much about life now as I know it. So I always like to look for the silver lining within the clouds. Again, it's about seeing that resistance, noticing that pain. What is that pain telling you? But also just take some comfort in the fact that nothing lasts forever. Just by the very nature of our existence, nothing lasts forever. And it will just be a season. And this is one of the greatest things that nature taught me after my injury, just through observing nature, everything is cyclical. You know, everything is cyclical. And another lesson that it taught me is that life is just too short and too precious to waste time out of alignment. Like I sort of mentioned before, you know, now to have a real true sense of purpose, something that gets you out of bed, even when your body is like, you know, not having much fun. To wake up with that sense of purpose, regardless of the real, the downward dragging of the physical body, if you like. It's like, stop wasting time. Life is short. I'm lucky, really. I've had, I'm like a cat. How many lives am I going to have? I bounced back from sepsis and hemorrhage. I've bounced back from my spinal cord injury. I am not about to waste any more time in my life not doing stuff that doesn't set my soul on fire. So I just hope through sharing some of my journey that it might help you to think slightly differently, perhaps about your own experience or give you an aha moment or you know, something like that. And I know that what I'm saying and in sharing my journey that it is helping people because I've been so fortunate to have women feeding back to me just what a difference the podcast is making. And I tell you what, I couldn't wish for anything more than that. It's worth putting my business on the internet for (laughs) just to know that I'm able to help one or two people. Honestly, I feel like my work here, it's not done because I want to try and help as many people as I possibly can. But, you know, we are on the path to purpose. Listen, girlfriend, I have got a fire in my belly and I want you to have a fire in your belly too. There's so much potential. Like, really, we live in an infinite and unlimited universe. Why should we believe that there are limitations on what we can do just because that's what society has told us? It's time to free ourselves from these shackles. And I can't wait to do it together. So if you are at a stage where you're ready to take action, if you're ready to see your life change, if you're ready to do the deep work, I would love for you to book a discovery call with me so we can see if we're going to be a good fit. It's got to be a right fit. So we can see what your problems are and see how we can problem solve them. See how we can get you doing the inner work to get you feeling as though you're on your mission to your purpose and to your passion. I think it's fair to say I've learned a few tips and tricks along the way. I've got form in solving problems and reaching goals. So I'm ready to support you doing the same. So you can book a call with me. Visit the website, thecurlsquad.com forward slash work with Zoe. I will put a link in the show notes so you can access that more easily because there might be a few little hyphens and dashes and slashes and whatnot so if you're ready for that let's go if you're not there's 
other things that I'm working on, which is why I just need to get my health and fatigue under control because there's so much that I want to do, so much content I want to create, so much stuff that I think that can help. So I am working on all of that. So, girlfriend, in the meantime, come and follow us on the socials. Let's create this this community. Let's build this community. You can follow me at zoe.e.fox on Instagram. You can find us at The Curl Squad on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and TikTok. Um, You can support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash curl squad, which is a cool little tool that allows you to drop me a tip if you found benefit in the content. But yeah, if you could just share the episode with a friend, tell someone that you think might resonate with the podcast or with any of my stories and let's just see how much we can do and how we can show the world that it doesn't matter if you're mixed race black disabled woman let's just show them what we can do because we don't buy into the limitations that society tried to put on us right then girlfriend i am wishing you a blessed week ahead there's so much possibility so let's tap into our creative minds see what a beautiful future looks like for us and then let's set about going to achieve it anything is possible Big love, girlfriend. Peace out. And I'll catch you next week. Mwah.